0: coming up now on Established in the Faith. Let me tell you today, you do not have to live a life of spiritual failure. You do not have to live a life of sinning and repenting. Sinning and repenting is not the more abundant life that Jesus Christ paid such a price for us to have. This morning, turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Move down, if you will, to verse 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But the sin nature, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, the sin nature revived, and I died. Move down, if you will, to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but the sin nature that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. And I just want to stop right there and address the question today. Why do I keep failing God? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for everyone you have sent this way today. Lord, I pray that you will help me to deliver this of which I believe you've given unto me in such a fashion, Lord, that the least among us, whomever that may be, might be able to hear and receive of your word. Lord, anoint me today. Lord, anoint your people to hear and to receive of this word today. Lord, may questions be answered. Lord, may ye people be edified and drawn closer to you, is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. In the mid 1980s, a well known television preacher was caught stealing money. And it was all over the news. This minister went to court and was found guilty and was incarcerated for several years for stealing money. A short time later, in the late 1980s, another well-known television evangelist was caught soliciting the prostitute. And it was all over the news. And this particular preacher repented before the television cameras that day. Asked God to forgive him. Only to have just a few years later, this same television evangelist was pulled over by a police officer. And he was trying to hide something under the seat of his car. And when the police officer investigated, it was pornographic material. And this same preacher was all over the news once again. And not too long ago, just a few years ago, another television preacher, some children came forward and accused him of having sex with the children. Some of them were little boys. And it was all over the news. Each of these of which I've just mentioned, and I'm not going to call any names, but each of these that I have just mentioned had one thing in common. When they were asked, why? Why? Did you do what you did? Each one of them said, I don't know. I don't know why I failed the Lord. God was using me to touch a large majority of the world, and I don't understand why I failed the Lord. Now, a lot of people in Christianity got up behind microphones and they could tell you why they failed. And they were saying all kind of things, ugly things. You better be careful what you say when a fellow brother or sister is down and they fail the Lord in some way. You better be careful what you say. Because every single one of us in this room, every single one of you listening by radio today, in some way, you're going to experience Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 is another story of a preacher who failed God not just one time, but repeatedly was failing the Lord in some way. And he could not get victory over that thing in his life. It was so bad, he cried out to God and said, Oh, wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And I'm talking about the Apostle Paul. God used this failure to open up to Him the meaning of the new covenant, which is the meaning of the cross. And what we have here in the book of Romans is the foundation, is the theology of the church. Written by a minister who failed God repeatedly. A man who was responsible for having many of God's people put in jail and even killed. and God would use this situation that the Apostle Paul was going through. And he would use this situation and God would use him to write over half of the new covenant. Let me tell you this, had you known what all the Apostle Paul was going through, I doubt very seriously that you would have hired Paul to be the pastor of your church. Every single one of us in this room, every one of you listening by radio to me today, in some way you will go through Romans chapter 7. You have failed God in some way. The only difference between those preachers of whom I have just mentioned and you sitting in the pew today, the only difference is they were in front of a television camera and they got caught, and it was broadcast publicly for the whole world to see. This morning you ought to be sitting in this pew and praising God that, it had, that your sin, that your failure has not been broadcast all over the world for the world to see. Because all of us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even after you're saved, you fail God in some way. But God can use that failure in your life. That that stone that is a stumbling block for you, if you will seek God, if you will trust God, if you will keep your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will take that stone that has been a stumbling block and He will use it as a stepping stone. If you don't quit, God won't quit. Are you listening to me? There are some of you in this place And many of you listening by radio today, you're saved. You love God. You're not a hypocrite. But you keep struggling with something in your life. And you can't stop, you can't quit. You keep failing God time and time again and you go before the Lord and you ask Him, Lord, please forgive me, God, help me not to do this thing again only just to turn right around just a few days later and you find yourself doing the exact same thing again and you don't know why. Why do I keep failing God? I love God with all of my heart. But I can't stop. I can't quit. And if God doesn't do something soon, I'm just going to throw in the towel and quit because I can't do it. That's where the Apostle Paul was at. God would use this situation to reveal to him the meaning of the new covenant. And he gives it to us here in the book of Romans. In the first three chapters of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul identifies what the problem is. And it is sin. It is the sin nature that's in the heart of the human being. That sin nature that we're all born with. It, it corrupts from the time we're a little bitty thing growing on up. It works death. In us from the time we're born. Till it eventually takes us out. Death. Our condition is terminal. We're not talking about a little cold. We're not talking about a little cut on your finger. We're talking about something that has killed every single human being. That has ever lived in this world. Deadly thing. sin. Paul identifies that problem in the first three chapters of Romans. Chapters 4 and 5, he gives us the solution to the problem, which is faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified freely by His grace, by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ, what He did for us at the cross. In Romans chapter 6, Paul gives to us the mechanics of Christian experience and how salvation works, how the Spirit works in our lives and what takes place when we accept Christ as our Savior. Then we get to Romans chapter 7 where the Apostle Paul opens up his heart. Not many if asked to do so, would open up their heart and talk about the failures in their life. Not many will do that. But the Holy Spirit moved upon the Apostle Paul and opens up his heart and writes it for the whole world to see from that time right on up until now. The whole world sees the failure. Romans chapter 7. It is a chapter of spiritual failure. But he didn't stop there. He moved on to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is where God wants us as Christians to be. Living a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he explains how the Holy Spirit works. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is where God wants us to be in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. But let me tell you this. Much of Christianity today is living in Romans chapter 7. They're living a life of spiritual failure and they don't know why because they do not understand what Paul wrote in the book of Romans. And many have come to the place and have even accepted that Romans chapter 7 is the place where we ought to be. Let me tell you, it is not God's will for you to live in Romans chapter 7. Let me tell you today, you do not have to live a life of spiritual failure. You do not have to live a life of sinning and repenting. Although if you do fail God, and you will... You can ask Him to forgive you, and He will forgive you. But sinning and repenting is not the more abundant life that Jesus Christ paid such a price for us to have. And much of Christianity today says that Romans chapter 7 is where we ought to be. Romans chapter 7 is normal Christian experience That's right. God intends for us to go through it and not stay there. You do not have to put up curtains and buy furniture and and stay there in Romans chapter 7. You can get to Romans chapter 8 where the Holy Spirit is moving and working in your life. You are victorious in Jesus Christ. God can take you to that place. And get you there. But all of us. Listen to me. All of us. Have to go through Romans chapter 7. To get to Romans chapter 8. Going to school back years ago. Learning the trade of an electrician. We sit there in the classroom for hours, reading books, protons, neutrons, electrons. The theory of electricity. Hours and hours of how electricity works and magnetism and all of this sort of thing. But I couldn't wait to the latter half of the class Because you know what we got to do? We got to go over there to the booth. A booth set up and they give us wire and switches and motors and light bulbs and receptacles. And they said, have at it. Now wire it up. I love that. But you know why they did it that way? Because if you've got it here, okay, listen to me. If you've got it here in this head and you can't get it here to these hands, It ain't going to do you much good. And God puts us in the classroom. You're sitting here today, and you're in the classroom. You're to be learning more about the things of God. Those of you who tune in by radio, thank God you tune in and you listen, but I I want to make you aware of something today. It's time to get in the booth and put into practice what you learned behind the desk. Because if you can't walk out what God is working in, it ain't no good to you. And there are some things that we have to go through. And Romans chapter 7 is it. God allows us to go through Romans chapter 7 and experience it personally. So that He can get us to Romans chapter 8. All right, let's take a look at it. Paul was having a problem with something. What was he having a problem with? I think verse 7 bears it out. He could not fulfill the demands of the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet. He had a desire in his heart for something that somebody else had. Now, the Tenth Commandment being the last commandment puts a cap on the entirety of the law and in essence states this right here. That it is not merely enough for you to physically keep The law. But if you so much as have a desire to break it, then you've broken it already. Jesus expounded on it a little more when he said, Sir, if you so much as even look at a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Paul had a problem with this. Why did he have a problem with it? You see... Most people, and I'm talking about the lost world out here, they have some idea in their minds, whether it be right or wrong, they've got some idea in their mind of what a Christian should be. In their minds, they've got some idea as to how a Christian should be behaving themselves. And I've asked a lot of people over the years, are you saved? Well, Brother James, I would get saved, but I've got to quit my cussing. Well, Brother James, I love going to the club, and I've just got to quit my club before I can get saved. Well, Brother James, I just love my Jack Daniels, and I'm just going to have to quit drinking before I can come to church and get saved. They've already got some standard in their mind of how a Christian should be acting and and, and the things that a Christian should be doing. And then they get saved. And they experience salvation. They experience the Holy Spirit coming into their hearts and lives. And then they think, oh man, now I can live up to that standard And they set out now to try to do it. And that's what Paul was doing. See, Paul was a Pharisee. He had the privilege to sit under one of the most educated Jewish scholars of his day, Gamaliel and the whole world the whole jewish world that everything circulated around the law and paul knew the commandments he knew the law and he had it in his mind now that i'm saved now that i'm filled with the holy spirit now i can keep the law of god he didn't have a problem with murder he didn't have a problem with false witness But boy, when he got to that 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. There was a boat over there that his neighbor had, and he wanted it. Oh, let me tell you something real juicy. Paul's neighbor next door, his wife was fine looking. You hearing me? Thou shalt not covet, if you so much as desire that which is forbidden. You've broken the commandment. Well, Brother James, how do you know? I don't know what it was, really. I don't know. It could be anything. But failure is failure. Sin is sin. Sin. And if you try to overcome sin within your own strength, ability, willpower, Paul tried with everything he had to try to stop failing God. His willpower was not enough. He said, the will is present with me, but how to perform that, which is good, I find not. He tried everything he could within himself. But he could not overcome it. And you can't overcome it within yourself. You can only do it by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you how next week. Tune in next week for the conclusion. Haven and I'm Juliana and you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad James Pierce he's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex North Carolina we have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 9:45, and worship service at 11 as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 7 30 go to Establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services that's right Jules and the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex North Carolina